Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the High Vibration Living Podcast. I'm your host, Chef Whitney Aronoff, founder of Starseed Kitchen and High Vibration Foods. Join me for conversation where we learn about food, wellness, travel, and spiritual concepts for high vibration living. Only you know what your body needs. Let this be the reminder that you have the power to tap in and know the food, self-care, and spiritual practices that will best serve you. I will be sharing my knowledge and learning with you from experts providing insight into nourishing all the layers of you, the physical, emotional, spiritual, and etheric bodies, so you can feel your best and live your dreams. Let's get started. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Leela Hutchison. Leela Hutchison is a gemologist, explorer, researcher, published author, and speaker on crystals, gems, and minerals. Her book, Journey into the Giant Selenite Crystal Caves of Mexico, tells of her exploration into the giant crystal caves in Nica, Chihuahua, Mexico. In 2001, Leela became the first American woman to enter the astonishing giant selenite crystal caves in the Sierra Madre Mountains of Mexico. The crystals are now known as the largest crystals on earth, ranging in size up to 36 feet in height and weighing as much as 60 tons. Leela continues to conduct research on the giant selenite crystals and surrounding geological terrain. She has presented her research to museums of natural history in Los Angeles, Dallas, and the Mineralogical Club of the Smithsonian Institute. Welcome to the podcast, Leela. Hi, Whitney. Thanks for having me today. How are you? I'm so well, and it's so nice to connect with you again. You as well. It's been quite a while since I've seen you. Uh, I think it was, what, 2019, last time I saw you, Whitney? I think it was, yeah. Yeah, wonderful. I'm so excited to hear about uh, uh, Starseed Kitchen and what you're up to and how today we can talk about crystals and how that applies and how in people's kitchens and in their homes and in their environments. Sounds like a lot of fun. Thank you. Well, what have you been up to since I last saw you in 2019? Well, as you know, we all were struggling with the big challenge of uh, um, the covid situation and being in lockdown for a certain amount of time so there was no travel interesting enough so during that time there was a couple of opportunities for me to uh, present my information um, and people that were curious about it were the Prometheus Studios for Ancient Aliens and another um, program called The Unexplained with William Shatner. So it started off in um, August 8th of 2020 that on season two, episode five, I was interviewed for the underground world. If people want to see that on the unexplained program airing on History Channel with William Shatner, which was really a fun time to do that. Uh, No, I did not get to meet him. (laughs) Too busy a guy, I'm sure. And then as we progressed forward of January of this year, um, I was on the Ancient Aliens program on the History Channel, and this is going into season 18, if you can believe that. Uh, And I believe it was episode two. And let's see if I can remember the title. It's about um, the mystery of the Standing Stones. Interesting. And that's been great fun. Yeah. What did they bring you on to talk about and focus on? Um, ancient sites where stones have been found. Uh, I did a lot of research at the time um, that were found, like, you know, give you uh, like Stonehenge or some of the other standing circles that were found in the UK. Yes. That sort of thing. There's been so much that has progressed since then. 
Uh, give me a moment and I'm sure it'll all come back to me. And I'll, yeah, because I'll tell a lot you of those, about it. A lot of those stone circles, there were crystals buried underneath them as well that helped them basically work. Is that right? Well, it, I'm not sure there's so many that there are crystals in the soil that they took crystals and buried them underneath those massive standing stones. Um, I don't think so. I think more of it has to do with the capacitors that are inherent in the sandstone and in the granite. And they become like oscillators of energy, of electromagnetic energy. And they're just naturally in that spot. Yes, they're naturally in the stone that could have been carried there from another location. Got it. Got it. Okay. So they're actually in the standing stones. And so that stone was chosen for a particular reason. Yes. And it's still a mystery. Got it. We have, we have theories, but anyway, let's move on to something that's uh, more. I mean, I'm glad you like that, but um, yes, but I don't know how we could bring a standing stone into the kitchen. (laughs) No, I completely understand. Um, Well, how did you get started working with crystals and minerals and gems? Oh, I'd love to tell you that story. So um, actually, my background has been in the work of the healing arts. I became a certified um, massage therapist in 1996 and began understanding the use of energy that came through our hands, and that's inherent in every person. And using that energy as I did massage, but I also did energy work on people that were laying on my table, and I saw great results with that. So we all have that ability, that gift from God that comes through our hands. As you know, if you're in Starseed Kitchen, all the wonderful things you prepare and some of the creations that you're doing with your seasonings, those have all been imbued with your energy signature, which is really to, I think, help and ameliorate and accelerate healing and goodness and wholesomeness in people. So that's how it began. Um, I really started to understand energy. I started to see things um, in people's auras. And that was a great curiosity for me. And through a long series of things like going up into Quincy and up into the mountains and actually going underneath a huge oak tree and digging out quartz crystals that were mineralizing under the tap roots. And you'll find that in my book, Journey into the Giant Selenite Crystal Caves of Mexico. I think that was a cognitive event that was showing me what was in my future. That was in 1997. By the time 2000 rolled around, 2001, I had an invitation while I was living briefly in Arizona to become part of an expedition team to enter into the journey enter into the journey inside a lead, zinc, and silver mine in Nica, Chihuahua, Mexico. This is over a, it's over 200 years old, Whitney, and it is still producing some of the largest output of silver in the country of Mexico today, is my understanding. Wow. So having that in, information, and on the 23rd of January, I was on an exploration team. We were the first ever as a group to go into and the, the mine itself and, and travel over a thousand feet down inside the mine. And actually, they had created tunnels so that trucks could go that deep into the mine, actually all the way down to 2,200 feet. And there was a hole punched out of bedrock. There was a ladder there. We were uh, no light at the time inside these caves. If you want to call them that, think of it as Swiss cheese inside bedrock. We were asked to go up the ladder and go inside this small pocket, pretty large pocket, of what we found to be pure selenite crystal. It was astonishing. And that's where the first pylons were. There's plenty of pictures on my website, thecrystalgiants.com. And you'll find it all over the internet because there's National Geographic, Discovery Channel, lots of different um, publications on those crystal caves. They were studied quite in depth because we didn't know at the time how they were created. So in 2001, we were the earliest explorers. And that kind of changed the direction in my life, even though I still did uh, hands-on healing. And I did that actually up until 20. 21 at the December. I just kind of completed that 25-year career and learning the connection between crystals and energy and healing. um, It 
it really did change the course of my life. It made me question everything when I came out of those crystal caves. Number one, starting with why me? Why was I on a team? Why was I the first American woman to go in there? And what does selenite have to do with my life? So truly, I've spent the last 20 years unpacking all of that information and doing my own research and cutting my own way, just like you're doing, you know, finding my own way and and individualizing my life around a very sacred experience that I consider and and, uh, sharing that with the world and with people that I come in contact with every day. So what is selenite for people that are familiar with? You know, I really encourage anyone who's listening to go to your website um, and look at the photos of the crystal caves and the giant selenite. But for anyone that that doesn't have time to do that right now while they're listening, can you explain what selenite is? I will. Let me reference it again, though, because I am an educator. www.thecrystalgiants.com if you want to resource this later. Selenite is a part of a family of crystallization of gypsum. So it's hydrated calcium sulfate. It is considered a salt and it individuates and forms into five different families. Alabaster is one of them, satin spar is another, desert flower, desert rose, and of course, window selenite. So it's like a salt. So that's why when you have selenite, it's kind of fragile and it flakes off. Correct. Because if it exactly, it's very soft. It's a two on the Mohs scale of hardness. Yeah, it is very gentle. And I was introduced to selenite um, back when I was actually about to enter culinary school. And a massage therapist is who introduced it to me. And she liked to use it because it helped clean the people she was working with. She always described selenite like a sponge. You can just kind of wipe it down you, you know, take the crystal and use it like a wand and allow it to soak up what wasn't serving you, what you needed to kind of shake off. How would you describe, since you're a former massage therapist and healer, how would you describe how you use selenite to support the body? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, that's one way. What I, what I find with it is that it, I, I call it a very angelic crystal. So it is ever perpetuating like a white light. It's just, it's because it cannot hold a program. As you know, quartz crystals were uh, used and are used in our computers and watches, uh, all sorts of things that create or cause a piezoelectric pulse to hold timing. So that means it holds programs, Whitney. But selenite and like many other crystals they don't hold programs which means your thoughts cannot embed into a piece of selenite it's so pure in that sense that it doesn't hold thoughts so it's always perpetuating just like um it's always cleaning a room yeah so it's always keeping things clean and clear that seems like it would be a great crystal or stone to keep in the kitchen yeah i have i in fact i've been giving some thought to that and i'm excited to talk about some of the other crystals not that i'm going to go in depth because obviously my specialization is in the uh, selenite crystals and been working with it and selling these crystals for 20 years excuse me i'm going to cough (laughs) but I would say, I was thinking about that. What crystals would I use in the kitchen? I was excited about sharing this with you. And probably maybe you would like to delay this to the end of the podcast. Maybe, I don't know. So I might be anticipating this a little sooner than you wanted, but I was thinking, okay. So one of the things I was thinking of was um, I would definitely have citrine in the kitchen and I would have citrine is the yellow color of quartz crystal. And as you know, quartz crystal has many different colors. Amethyst is purple. Um, Carnelian is red. You know, I can go on and on about different ones. Um, But let's just go to citrine because it works with the solar plexus and it also works with uh, the mental. So I would say working with sharp knives and things that um, certainly need your attention to... um, if they need to be warm or they need to be in the refrigerator, having citrine in the kitchen would be enormous help to keep you focused and uh, make sure you don't cut yourself with sharp knives. Another one I would say that would be good would be obsidian. And I would have a piece of obsidian in the kitchen because I would want it to actually clear 
any negativity. Sometimes we're in the kitchen and there's anger, impatience. Um, people are on timeline, so they're stressed out and they're putting out negative thoughts. Oh people, my God, I'm not going to get this done in time. Oh yeah. People need to put obsidian in the kitchen during the holidays. Hands down. Yeah. Hands down. <laughs> Hands down. Hands down. Everybody buy yourself some obsidian before your family and your guests come over for the holidays. Just absolutely. Just take care of that. Yeah, or otherwise it's a hot mess in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You don't need any of that energy, you know, getting stagnant and hanging out for your new year. So I like that suggestion. Yeah. yeah, I do too. Because really think about it when you're in there and you're chopping something up and somebody's made you angry because they just took your moose or something that you've done and they dropped it on the floor and you're very upset about it. So we know that in the kitchen, there's a lot of a lot of emotions and negativity that can arise out of being stressed out with timing and presentation. So yes. So that's why I like citrine. It would be very helpful to keep people focused and not be on a, uh, you know, uh, let's say paying attention to um, emotions that could sidetrack you. So I love that. And of course, selenite, because you want that to come in to uh, actually keep us serene. Um, and also inspired um, environment, I would think, um, because selenite really resonates to the soul star chakra, which is about 36 inches above the head. I would use that as an inspiration, thinking you're creating something. And the next thing you know, you're going like, oh, maybe it's maybe I should imbue this beautiful you know, plate of whatever and put something else on it and or infuse it with a different type of flavor. So I really love that idea or pairing it with a great wine. Um, so absolutely having that angelic selenite that creates the peace in the environment. And then possibly maybe having moonstone, maybe a piece of moonstone or wearing it if it's possible. I know it's uh, it, it, in the kitchen wearing uh, rings is not really uh, beneficial because it gets food and, and too much of the you know mineralized water. So it, it, it needs to be cleaned after that. So it causes problems. I am a gemologist. So I do work with gemstones and understand that your silver and your gold uh, rings that hold gemstones can get pretty dirty by just the minerals in the water. So we would take those off. But if you have a pendant or even if you could find a, um, a mineral of the moonstone, I would use moonstone for just heavenly inspiration as well. Oh, I love that. And that's easy to be able to wear as a necklace or put in your pocket. And I, I love the idea of a pendant as well, because I'm always wearing a chef jacket. Um, that's really, mm -hmm. like, that's mm -hmm. really nice for heavenly inspiration. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. Those would be, those would be the four. These are that great. I would have in the kitchen. How else, because you're a selenite expert, how else do you use selenite in your life to support you? Oh my goodness. Well, I have selenite all over inside and out. Um, I use it to create a field, a resonance of a field, of a high energy field of protection. As I told you, it's perpetually cleaning mm -hmm. um, my, my environment, uh, my close environment, not a far environment. And I use that to just really keep a high resonance. And again, I use it as protection for negativity as well. Now the obsidian will ground the negativity out and the selenite will bring in new, new energy. Like I said, it's always perpetuating. So it's ever clearing whatever thoughts are in the field. So it's allowing a more spaciousness to bring in positive good energy so I use it as a protection field in my uh, below my bed and it's all around on my windowsills and it's outside where I can look out into my garden as well and those pieces I don't mind if the rain or the or the intense heat um, gets to them and they start to flake off and deteriorate it's those pieces were designed for that that my intention I should say so I don't mind having those. But most selenite should be kept in a place that's pretty, it's either warm or dry so that it doesn't get, um, if it gets too wet and then it wants to break down, if it gets too dry, then it gets to flake. Make sense? Absolutely. Now, you have it all around your home. How did you feel when you were in a cave with gigantic selenite crystals all around you? 
you know, at the time, were you aware enough of your body to figure out how different you felt when you were around that many crystals? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was, um, well, one of the things it did was not just because I saw it visually, but because I experienced it and I was, you know, I was in a solid mass of it, almost a solid mass, or otherwise I couldn't have walked through it. It changed the course of my life. Um, it made me, um, it made me become more spiritual. Not that I wasn't before, I mean, because I was working already as a body worker, but it did something to really open my mind to my connection to the oneness that we all are, you know, to our creator. So being in those caves certainly opened that up for me. There was such a high frequency that I heard a very, very low hum, mm -hmm. like an ultra low frequency when I was in there, like undetectable really, but I could hear it. And I also sensed, and I said this many times in many of my interviews early on, I felt like there were beings in there with me. I just felt like there was something watching me. I was just about to Interesting. ask you that. Yeah. If you felt like there was something all around or kind of jumping, or if you ever saw anything out of the side of your eye. No, I did. I definitely felt incensed and really interesting. Much later, Dr. Penelope Boston who is the director of astrobiology at Moffett Field, NASA, here in Mountain View, California, had started to take samples of the water um, that was trapped inside one of the largest pylons that had fallen down. The pylon was probably 40 feet, 38, and massive, 60 tons. And, of course, now they're estimating those crystals grown there were probably about 550,000 years old, um, which is very short-lived compared to quartz crystal that can be up to 220 million years old or 88 million years old. It's just a different, it's just a different timing that we, you know, the mystery of how they grow and the time they grow. So um, what was I saying about that? Um, these, when I was talking to Dr. Boston, I went to interview her in 2017, right after, right after I wrote my book, or 2018. And she revealed to me that this team of NASA scientists, and she was, actually has over 650 at the time astrobiologists that worked for her. She was the director of that very cool lady from New Mexico. And she is part of New Mexico Tech with, in Socorro and a um, it's it's a geological institution mm -hmm. and uh, has a wonderful mineral collection there and she told me that they found in the water these alien microbes that had never been in a database collected on planet earth so did I feel like something was watching me maybe it was the microbes inside the water inside the crystals fascinating who hadn't seen anybody for you know, 550,000 mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now we're talking about either water that is collected in the ice from comets or microbes that came here through meteorological impact. Now, remember, in Mexico, underneath Nica and in the Chihuahuan Desert is a massive aquifer. It, so we have something called in the earth tectonic plates, it, uh, it's an action that uh, geologists term in the plate tectonics subduction. And so these plates are like, if you think about like a cake batter, these plates of uh, land masses fold underneath each other. So possibly, you know, where did this water come from? This is just my mind and theorizing that this, these um, impacts, crater impacts and comets, when they came and fell to earth, that they were through the process of subduction in 550,000 years or much, much longer, entered into the waters um, on earth and then they went underground. And that is through subduction and then also through evaporation of these huge, massive aquifers in the world that are underneath these massive land masses like, um, um, like the Chihuahuan Desert or the San Luis Valley in near Crestone, Colorado, where the Rio Grande runs. Make sense? Yeah. And it's so fascinating that that desert really isn't a desert. It's filled with water just underneath the surface. That's right. And so where are the people that live in the area get their water from? Are they, do they somehow get to enjoy this water that's filtered and activated by these crystals? 
Well, that's a good question in Chihuahua. There is a um, there is the conscious river, the real conscious that actually runs uh, from the Sierra Madres all the way towards Texas. It kind of runs in a reverse current. I it may be a product of what's left of a massive aquifer aquifer that was called the Sea of Thetis. And I think Thetis was a daughter of Neptune or Poseidon. So that's what they geologists called her or called this massive aquifer. So um, I'm not really sure how they source their water, um, but it comes from the Sierra um, Madre Mountains. And that's where Nike is. It's up that. It's up, pressed up to the eastern side of the um, Sierra Madres. And that's how those miners in 1700s, they stopped to water their horses and they found silver in the water and they started to dig right then and there so wherever there's silver there's selenite we think no no not necessarily not at all no not at all got it because i know that sometimes where there are certain minerals you can always find certain crystals or stones like turquoise you're right okay so yes let's talk about like just as an example where you find gold you will find quartz crystal but where you find quartz crystal you're not always going to find a vein of gold got it okay fascinating but i guess it all depends on how you value finding crystal (laughs) yeah and i would value that quite high (laughs) yeah yeah definitely well and you just mentioned something else um and maybe i heard you wrong the one of the rivers where they get water from in Mexico um, by the selenite mines, did you say it's called the Rio Conscience? I think so. And I think it's called Bukia Dam. Now, remember, this is 20 years of research I've done. You're, I'm tapping into <laughs> memory reserves here. Yeah. It's been a while since I've, I've presented this information. Hi, I'm Chef Whitney Aronoff. As a personal chef, I created custom organic spices for my clients. These blends are of the highest quality with no added sugar, MSG, caking agents, or any junk. I want you to have the same access to good quality seasonings, which is why I've launched my line of organic spice blends. High Vibration Foods by Starseed Kitchen is my collection of chef-crafted organic spice blends made with only good-for-you ingredients. I use organic source spices, ancient mineral-rich Redmond Real Salt, prepare the blends listening to Kundalini Mantra music, then charge the jars with the quartz Giza crystals for a true high vibration experience. You can now purchase my most requested blend, 11 Magic Herbs and Spices, on starseedkitchen.com. Use code STARSEED for 10% off your purchase. Can't wait for you to enjoy. Um, yeah, I think it's Bokia Dam, I just which is south of Nika. Yeah, just interesting names. Um, do you know what happened? Do you have you kept in touch with anybody else that entered those crystal caves with you? And I'm just curious how their life shift as well. So you realize that being exposed to, you know, that number of selenite at one time in your life really created a positive shift and elevated your consciousness and your mind in a way that you would have never expected prior to entering. I'm curious if everybody else that was exposed had that type of shift as well. Mm -mm. No, I did keep in touch with a few people, but now we're going to touch on starseed. Yeah. You see, when, when you know you're starseed and a very good definition from somebody that we both know that what is the de- and who came up with starseed, one of the very first, she's nearly 80 years old, teaching about what starseeds are. Starseeds are um, these individuals, angelic with a, you know, a human a divine blueprint that came from different families and star systems back to earth to finish what we started a very long time ago. That's the definition of a starseed. And so only certain people get activated when it comes to exposure to, to crystals or ley lines or different places on the planet. So, well, it's going to, you know, it's going to depend on your blood, your blood crystals is going to depend on your star families. 
It's just, it's the same thing like with food. You know, it's interesting how one person, we can go to taste or we can even talk about allergic reactions to certain things. We're all so different. You know, you can't say one thing is great for everybody. Yeah, that's very, it's not, yeah, it's just not, we're all really individualized. All I know is that I had a destiny and probably from my future created an event where I came back into my past to have that experience to be in those crystal caves. And my job was to have a resonance with those crystals and then come out and share with the world the beauty and the mystery and the power of selenite crystals. Yeah. And the beauty and mystery of this planet that no, no matter, yeah, no matter how much you travel, um, you know, you just may never see or experience it all. It's, and it's not surface level. There's so much going on underneath our feet. It's just amazing. (laughs) It's true. It's true. And that's for everyone, no matter what experiences they have, you know, your listeners, wherever they go on the planet, uh, sacred sites. And, you know, some sacred sites are not even marked as something really special. Mm-hmm. It's maybe special to you and it's underneath your feet. So we all just, you know, we get activated when the time is right. And when there's a co-resonance with what's going on with the earth, with the elements at a certain time. It could be a certain place. It could be a certain time and who you are. Well said. So I really, as far as those, those people, I, I don't know. You know, I don't think so. A lot of times what happens, we get locked into old belief systems. And, and as scientists, um, you believe and you were taught a certain way to educate yourself on what's going on. And, and that could be really locked down in some um, third dimensional education. And so now you've got some vaulted, you know, like Fort Knox vaulted hardcore beliefs that really don't allow your mind to open to possibilities of other uh, phenomenon or paranormal events and how to explain that. So on your website, you, when I was reading there and learning more about your work, I ran across something about the crystal cross grid. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about the crystal cross grid and a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, the crystal grid is something that I've been researching. Um, There's a global crystal grid, of course, and I don't want to get into too much information about all of that because that really leads us down a rabbit hole because I want to focus on Starseed Kitchen, (laughs) crystals, (laughs) how you use them in the kitchen. Yeah, we don't want to let's not go off into too deep of the rabbit hole. But um, the crystal grid is just something that I researched over 20 years of a longitude and a latitude and what has happened at certain different points on a north-south axis, east-west axis, and using Nica Chihuahua, Mexico as the heart of that, of that cross. Got it. So it's just the energy fields affecting kind of geological terrain. And in that instance, there's a clear representation affecting the geological terrain. That's right. And that can be seen in anomalies in the um, in landmarks, things like that. So when people, after listening to this episode, decide to go out and pick up some selenite um, or maybe any of the other crystals that you suggested for their kitchen, whether it's citrine, obsidian, moonstone, how should people respect the crystals that they bring into their home? Um, I would say definitely with the obsidian, moonstone, if they can find a nice piece of that. Or let's say in citrine, because you can wear the citrine, but better to have a piece that you can put on the counter. Mm-hmm. Same thing with obsidian. But moonstone, because it's um, it's a little more expensive, uh, you're not going to find chunks of moonstone out there. Possibly, but mostly you're going to find it in finished jewelry as a piece, as a pendant. So let's say moonstone is a pendant, and then your citrine, obsidian, and selenite are mineral specimens, right, that you put on your counter. Mm-hmm. So I would take the mineral specimens of citrine and the obsidian, <coughs> and I would put them in a glass bowl um, and put pure water, let them soak in that, put them outside for either a full moon or a new moon, and let the sun and the moon energies clear any collected thought forms in those crystals. And so that's a way to clean and clear them and maintain them. So from time to time, you don't just leave them there and neglect them and have dust collect on them somewhere in a corner that you have in your kitchen. You want to actually work with them, talk to them, hold them, you know, and connect with them and ask them to help 
quest, you know, ask the question, can, how can you help me today in my creations in my kitchen? And then once they're clean and cleared like that, cleansed, you can put them back in the kitchen. The moonstone around your neck is a pendant. Uh, same thing. I would put them if it's not, uh, uh, I wouldn't keep them overnight in water. If it's in silver or gold, you could, but basically I would rinse them, dry them off, and then I would put them outside for a short amount of time because it's a pendant. And the same and with the selenite, basically, you don't have to wash that. That is, um, I would just give it some loving attention and, you know, keep it clean. Mm-hmm. And that's all you would need to do. It's ever perpetuating white light. Yeah. The selenite is so low maintenance and, um, and so beautiful and helpful. Um, I've done two different things with selenite and I'd love your thoughts on it. Um, I used to keep it at the foot of my bed because I, it helped relieve me of foot pain when I slept at night um, and supported a peaceful sleep. Have you ever done anything like that before? I sure have. And I love the idea. And thank you for reminding me. I have a huge piece to the right of my, uh, my bed on my windowsill that I keep. But I also, like you, I'm standing on my feet right now, um, nine, nine and a half hours a day. um, And I don't get to sit down. Um, And so I have some foot pain as well. And that is a really good idea. I have one underneath my bed, but it's basically between my um, between my shoulders underneath the bed, but I think I'll put it at the foot of my bed. That's a really, thank you for reminding me. Cause I remember, I have a story to tell you about, um, when I was exploring these crystals, I had a dream shortly thereafter of angels that were actually working and like doing surgery on my foot. <laughs> oh, fascinating. I know. It was fascinating. Oh, that's so. And they were taking out black needles, long black needles that were in my heel of my foot. Fascinating. Well, I think I'm going to yeah. bring my selenite and put it, you know, what I do is I um, put it underneath my fitted sheet at the foot of my bed. And then oh, it, it stays, yeah, it stays safely in place. It never moves until I change my sheets. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Great idea. Great yeah, idea. I bought a really big wand. I want to say it's at least 24 inches long, if not longer. And I bought it at yeah. Blue Moon in Arkansas. Oh, you did. Fabulous. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a great. Yeah. Be careful sometimes because those will break. Yes. They'll have feathers in them. So, you know, it's a, it's a delicate stone. And sometimes I've had, I took a piece uh, when I was working on sacred sites in Ireland. And um, as we were doing grid work, it broke in half. Oh. So be careful with that. Yeah. It, and, it is delicate. And then I have, a, I have a smaller piece, probably, you know, maybe just eight inches long um, that I sometimes keep right next to my bed. So on my little side table. So it's close to my head when I sleep at night. And the reason I put it there, it was very interesting. Um, the person who colors my hair has been coloring my hair for over 10 years. And he's very well-connected man in, in Hollywood and um, in the industry. And he's also very spiritual. And one day he was working on my hair and he just said to me, you know, your, um, your family, your loved ones that have passed are trying to talk to you and you're not responding. So put you need to put selenite by your bed so you can hear them better and they can communicate more clearly. And I was like, what? Um, have you ever heard of people using selenite for that, for more mental clarity or um, to use to better be able to hear messages from loved ones who have passed? You mean like telepathy? Um, um, yeah, I would say so. I would say so. I have heard of it. Um, it's not, it's not, hasn't been a usual thing. I haven't had many people over all these years tell me that to, to be in touch with their loved ones. Um, but if it, uh, if you trust that and, and you've had results with it, then you're on the right track. Only you can decide it really. Absolutely. Anything that, anything else that you want to make sure the listener, the listener today understands about selenite um, and how to enjoy it in their home and in their life? Well, I think if you want some inspiration um, on a spiritual journey, I just want to mention this. If they want to, um, to read uh, my spiritual journeys, uh, I believe uh, selenite was guiding me. Um, 
and how I got into the Crystal Caves, they can find my book on Amazon under Leela Hutchison, uh, graduate gemologist. So the name and the title is called Journey into the Giant Selenite Crystal Caves of Mexico. Um, the other thing is obviously to acquire a piece of selenite and meditate with it. Mm. Um, I think that's a very good idea. Um, and again, so it goes along to what he was saying to you about, you know, you could have had some blockages, you know, of something wanting to protect you or keep you from having a higher mind and um, your ancestors wanting to be in touch with you, something blocking and selenite can help clear that. Like I said, it's, it's 36 inches. It works with the soul star above the head. So it is a channel that comes into your prana tube, right? So the selenite, so that cosmic light that comes in from the sun using selenite works with that, um, that chakra that's outside of your physical body and is the, called the soul star. So it can clear any blockages that might be uh, from negative energy of inhibiting people from having insight and the ability to be in touch with their higher self. That's so lovely. And I really look forward to doing that. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, where do you turn to keep learning about health and wellness and spirituality? You know, you've been in this work for over 20 years. You're an expert on selenite and crystals. Um, You know so much about the connection of spirituality and wellness you know, where do you tap into to kind of keep expanding? Okay. I love that question. Thank you, Whitney. Um, It inspires me um, to share with your audience. My mother was a healer, of course, right? Where you're going to get it from. (laughs) And my mother was actually arresting cancer and patients, if you want to call them patients, but people who came to her um, by learning uh, how to use juicing, Uh, to clear and clean the liver. And so when I was 18 years old, my mother gifted me a juicer, an extract, a pulp extraction juicer. Um, And I still have that juicer to this day. Amazing. And it has been, I'll tell you, it is one of the most important things we can do is to give ourselves fresh, live juice, especially vegetable juice. Not so much carrot and beet because it's really high in sugar, and I'm not sure that's the best for us, but I believe parsley, cucumber, dandelion, parsley, I said parsley, um, celery, um, uh, half of a Granny Smith apple, things that are just lemon, ginger, and making these incredible uh, drinks, these green drinks, as I call them, really energize the body and flush out toxins out of your liver. So that's something I've done as a maintenance program for many, many years, and I've been blessed with very good health. I've never had a uh, any kind of a disease um, so far in my life that has been any kind of debilitating. I've never been diagnosed with anything like that. So where do I turn? Um, I listen uh, to my body being an energy healer for 25 years. You know that our bodies are always, if they're out of balance, they let us know. So always paying attention to the body. Is it off? Is it, is it in tune? Is it in balance? Is it out of balance? It's very delicate. So maybe, you know, not enough salt, too much salt gives an example, right? Um, so everything has to be in moderation. So these are things I also pay attention to. And I'm always researching. I think like a lot of us, I want to learn about uh, different things. Um, what's good for me, but I also like to know what's not good for me. And so when people recommend or we, we see these things that say, oh, you should try this drug or this particular over-the-counter, and all you have to do is look and see what the side effects of these things are, and most of it's really bad for us. There's not one prescription drug out there that's going to heal us, not one. Yeah, you have to start with the foundation of food and, you know, mental clarity and time outside in nature um, and balance. And Mm -hmm. if you start there, then you can consider adding other things in, but you have to lay the foundation. And if you aren't starting with a basic, healthy, whole foods lifestyle, there's no reason adding anything else into it. That's right. That's right. That's the baseline. So I've been blessed by that. And it's a um, also being um, uh, a dragon on the uh, Chinese astrology, uh, oh. been blessed with really good health um, all my life and uh, very strong. It's just, it's just been amazing. So 
Um, I thank my mother for that and that she educated me at such a young age. 18 was really young to figure out a whole bunch of stuff. Um, didn't really know it. I just kind of did it because <laughs> she told me to. But it should have become really helpful as, um, you know, as I've gone through the decades. Are you somebody that likes to have your juice in the morning for breakfast? Is it an afternoon snack? How do you enjoy it? Okay, well, I make my green drinks in the morning time. And um, it's uh, that gives me a lot of energy for the day. So I'll do it. Um, sometimes I'll do it as soon as I get up in the morning, if I feel that, or maybe mid-morning. Because, in the, in, you know, in the wintertime, again, then you have to think about um, Ayurvedic. Think about cycles, you know. So you want cooling things in the summer, but you want warming things in the winter. So you don't want to do cold drinks in the wintertime and juices. It's, you know, you got to pay attention to all of these cycles, those cycles of seasons, because when we're out of balance with that, you know, if you have too much hot spices, it, uh, it heats up the, the liver and people have problems with that. So, you know, everything is in balance. I would say, um, cool juices, uh, in the summertime can be drank in the morning, but cool juices should be probably drank in the mid afternoon in the wintertime. That would be the warmest part of the day. Yeah. And in the wintertime, it's great to switch to some sort of broth or um, warm soup or porridge in the morning for breakfast. Yes. Yeah. Good suggestions. I really appreciate it because even I need reminders sometimes just because I spend so much time cooking for other people, you know, still need to take the time to tune in and what I need for myself. So thank you. This was really helpful for me. You're welcome, Whitney. It's been a pleasure. Well, where can our listeners, again, just learn more about you and your work? Okay. So um, a couple of things I can do. I have um, um, an Instagram account under Leela Hutchison GG. I also, I think I have a Pinterest um, account as well. They can find me. I think it's called um, Unearthed Minerals, or maybe it's just called Unearthed. Um, also, Facebook, they can find me under um, Journey into the Giant Selenite Crystals of Mexico and under Leela Hutchison GG. I have two pages there, uh, and that will tell uh, a lot of background and some uh, events that um, I was sharing with you earlier like um, The Unexplained on History Channel and Ancient Aliens. And then um, I have a website, thecrystalgiants.com, and then the book on Amazon can also be found uh, with the same title and under my name, Leela Hutchison. Wonderful. And can you leave our listeners with one healthy tip they can consider adding into their life to improve their overall well-being? You have the power to change your life. Always, always listen to that. It's kind of an old saying, you're still small voice or your higher self. There's, it's always there. It's your best friend. It's with you. Pay attention. Listen. You won't go wrong with it. Thank you, Leela. That's so beautiful and such the perfect reminder for all of us that all of us can apply to our life. You know, thank you. You're welcome, Whitney. It was a pleasure to be on your show today. And Sending and wishing you many blessings. Why don't you just tell, I know you have a lot going on. Why don't you tell us about you for a minute and about like, what's your next event? What you're working on? I'd oh, like to know. Well, thank you. Um, that's so thoughtful. So my focus right now is kind of threefold. I serve as a health supportive personal chef to a number of my clients here throughout Orange County, oh. California. And wow. then I also run the Starseed Kitchen podcast, which has new episodes every Tuesday. And you can listen on YouTube, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and on Google Podcasts. And wow. then I have, I have my line of organic spice blends. So I sell the beautiful, delicious, high vibrational spice blends that I prepare for my personal clients, as well as myself. I now sell them on my website, starseedkitchen.com, and then in local stores here in the Southern California area. Oh, fantastic. What's your favorite one? Thank you. Well, it's it's really tough. Um, I have two blends out right now. I have 11 Magic Herbs and Spices, and I have Adobo, which is a beautiful anti-inflammatory turmeric, turmeric blend. Um, and I really honestly go back and forth. I've been consuming these blends for probably seven or eight years myself and then sharing them with my clients 
and they really are in my regular repertoire and routine. So a week doesn't go by that I don't use one of them on roast chicken, roast potatoes, roast vegetables, in a dish where I'm slow cooking meats. I, I really use them all the time. Um, mm, so with these, delicious. Yeah, with these two blends, I don't have a favorite. Um, they're really huge mainstays in my life. And then I really look forward to this fall um, introducing my third blend, which is my Southwest blend. And that blend I've actually been making with my dad since the early, uh, about the mid nineties is when we started working on Southwest. Um, so for almost 25 years, I've been consuming that blend and loving it and enjoying it. So I really look forward to sharing that with everybody as well. So lots to come. Um, it's just so nice to be in a place where I can share what I love and enjoy with other people and they're open to, to trying and experiencing. And um, I'm grateful to also be at a time where more people are reading labels. So they understand mm -hmm. when they purchase my products, they're getting organic splice blends with no MSG, no caking agents, no added sugar, no citric acid, no maldextrin, you know, and these are all ingredients that when you go to the grocery store and you pick up a spice blend um, is there. And so, yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's all these little, little landmines that are out there that can disrupt, disrupt um, your health. And I want to make sure that people are getting lots of flavor um, and getting, you know, I consider spices, superfoods there. Each one has so many benefits. They can stimulate digestion, support the liver, support, you know, just creating healthy fire in the stomach, but they can also be anti-inflammatory and just overall supportive to the body and to the skin. Um, you know, and spices bring joy, you know, mm -hmm. brilliant. Yeah. They, they, they brilliant. bring so much joy. And, you know, there was a time where they were worth their weight in gold. And I just want to be, I want people to get back into their kitchen because the healthiest meal you can make is always the one that you make at home. And when you learn to cook for yourself in a way that really supports you, it's a tool that nobody can ever take away from you. As you know, you got to learn young about juicing and how to do it and the importance of it and how good it makes you feel. And so as soon as people, you know, get back in the kitchen and start making a few meals from themselves and realize how good they feel when they prepare the food at home, you know, everyone's health will improve. So where their mental health, um, their spiritual health, their physical health, and, you know, that'll create a positive shift in their community. That's right. That's exactly right. Wonderful. Sounds great, Whitney. Well, thank you so much, Leela. And thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. Thank you for everyone who tuned in. And if you enjoyed our conversation, please share this episode with a friend or a family member that can be supported by our conversation. And you can subscribe on Apple or Spotify to support the podcast. And thank you so much for being a part of the Starseed Kitchen community. And everyone who listened, please have a blessed, blessed day. And thank you again, Leela. Much love to you. I'm so grateful for your time today. Thank you, Whitney, and all the best to you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.